Hello, everybody. Excited to have you uh, joining for another episode of Who Knew in the Moment. Today, we are honored to have Sarah Fontenot, and Sarah's going to give us some wisdom bombs. And one of the main takeaways that I had was she talks about how when we have a goal, if we don't believe our goal yet, how we can start to tell ourselves exactly where it is we're going. So tune in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. Today, I am very honored to have Sarah Fontenot with us, and her story is fascinating. You're going to hear that throughout our conversation today um, from pursuing a dream of, I'm, I'm going to just use the term being an entertainer, you know, it could be an actress, but being an entertainer uh, to now being a multi-company entrepreneur uh, in all the roads and ups and downs on the road along the way. And something that's fascinating uh, about Sarah, she's a very passionate person about helping others get better. Uh, and that's going to be very evident, I think, when we talk and a phrase that she uses. So you'll probably hear it about, I don't know, 19 times a day. But it is that uh, things in life need to go wrong for life to go right. And, uh, you know, she'll probably elaborate on that a little bit more, but excited for her to be on today. So, Sarah, thanks for being on. I am so honored, Phil, and thank you so much. I, I, you know, I love what you're doing and creating access for people to really see those pivotal points in life and where things shift. It's such a powerful perspective to have. And one of the things me and my, my, my good friends, we say powerful people ask powerful questions. And so I love that you position who knew to be like a powerful thing. Like who knew that this was going to change my life and shift the entire trajectory of what I was doing. So thank you for what you're doing what you're creating the access you're giving um and the information that you're curating i love it and i'm honored and grateful to be here awesome hey the, this enthusiasm is going to continue on throughout so just gear up for it buckle in get ready though so, so like sarah hinted at you know the premise of the podcast if you've never listened before is who knew in the moment right so the idea is that as these moments in your life are happening very uh, frequently, it's hard to know exactly what it's going to end up or magnify into. And only in hindsight, can we see, all right, that was the pivotal moment that led me to this. And so, uh, Sarah, in your upbringing, there were a few, uh, we'll just say it, careers or vocations that you thought were my only options. So talk a little bit about where that mindset came from and what those occupations were. Yeah, so growing up, I had heard my whole life that success was either doctor, lawyer, engineer, or entertainment. Yeah. And for me, you know, I've always been this person where I wanted to be great and I, I, I wanted to um, have this huge platform and inspire and impact people. But honestly, I didn't feel like those labels fit who I was. And so I did all the things, you know, I have three degrees that I don't use, you know, and, and, and it's yeah. so it's so mind blowing to me. I did all the things. I went to school. I got. I went to college. I got the degrees, but I still had a feeling of, you know, emptiness or a feeling of something is missing. And so there's two things for me that I realized that from childhood, we're almost duped, Phil. All of us are duped because yeah. people are constantly asking us, what do you want to be? Which is fine, but a far more powerful question is, who do you want to be? Because mm. what is connected to achievement and who is connected to fulfillment. And so I think it's important to understand, you know, when we're 18 years old and we're making a choice for the rest of our lives and we barely even know who we are. I knew I couldn't be a doctor because blood makes me queasy. I'm like, oh, oh, can't do it. Um, yeah. I, 
I, my mom's an engineer. I didn't want to be an engineer. Um, I actually thought that I could be a lawyer because I have some pretty good debating skills. Um, <laughs> But then I did the research, like, how long do I need to be in school? What does it look like? Like, right. I want to know, what does it look like? And I, 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 did, I, wasn't, I wasn't impressed by, you know, I might make a lot of money, but a lot of the lawyers that I knew weren't necessarily having the time or the experiences yes. that they I didn't want that. And so I was like, entertainment. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to do entertainment. And so I'm grateful because it was actually me going into entertainment that moved me from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada hmm. to Los Angeles, California. At 20 years old, I moved here by myself to yeah. pursue so it was like, it was crazy, but I'm grateful that, you know, I went to school, I got a theater arts degree, all of those things. And so what's great is inside of that, I met up with a, a company where they were more focused on personal development. They're more mm. focused on who you wanted to become. And so my question of why did I, of like, I want to be an actress turned into why do I want to be an actress? You know, who yeah. do I and when I started asking myself those questions and I was in my heart of hearts, what I know is I want to create impact. I want to create access. I want to give people the opportunity to know that we all get to be, do, and have whatever we want to be, do, and have if we're willing to grow through the go through, right? Yes. And so I, I, I'm grateful because that's when I got clear on what it looked like. And obviously I have so many dots in my story that made the whole picture, but it's been, uh, it's been, it's been really, it's been incredible to do all of the shedding and it never yeah. stopped. Yep. It never stops. We're always evolving. <laughs> I, I love it. So you hit on a couple big things there. And, you know, one thing that I'm curious as to know is, so, all right, you moved from Canada to California. Was there a lot of support? And if so, you know, what, what sense of, you know, like, all right, this is a good decision. Did that give you, you know, having support from the people in your circle? Uh, when I first moved, yes, there was a lot of support in the sense, cause I'm the girl. And I say this part of my story all the time. I was always calling my mom saying, can you please help me pay my rent? Yeah. And I was calling my sister saying, can you please help me put gas in my car? Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't get a job when I moved here. I was like, no. So I was doing these random acting jobs, $200 here, $50 there, $50, $75. But I was struggling every month to pay my $781 rent. Okay. Yeah. I was struggling every single month. And so in that sense, yes, I had support. But when I went down the lane of, you know, I love acting. I love the passion of it. I love being inside of it. And I've had the opportunity to do some really cool things. However, that's not where my heart is. And so when I realized where my heart was, which was entrepreneurship, because I can give that away, I can give away the tools that I've learned. I can give away the blueprints that I've built. I can teach people the systems that I know. So now there's nothing more special about Sarah. It's that Sarah's willing to re be resilient inside of the journey, right? Like you said, I have these things that I tell myself all the time so that I don't quit. Yeah. And so what that looked like was when I pivoted into entrepreneurship, my mother, who is my superhero, my mom, she's my very best friend to this day. I love her. And, and my, my dad is great too, but my mom is like my, she's my role model, you know, yeah. like, like she's up there with me for Oprah, the things that my mom did inside of life, like the way she made things happen. Yeah. And yeah. so um, what, what I mean to say by that is when I started, she said, baby, get a job, like get a real job. 
because what I was going after wasn't something that she thought was successful. Because again, remember, we know engineer, doctor, lawyer, entertainment, those accountant, forensic scientists, those are the things that we know because there's this, this fake uh, illusion of security, but it's not real. And so what I learned was sometimes the people that support you the most or that love you the most, they support you the least. And it's not because they don't think you're incredible. It's not because they don't think you're capable. It's actually them trying to keep you safe in who you are instead of seeing you for who you can be. And so I had to tell my mom, literally, I'd be like, no, mom, I'm doing this. I'm going after it with everything that I have. But can I have $20? You know what I mean? Like, are you going to do it or no? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not here to, 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 to get turned away from what I know is calling me to go into this direction. And so for those that are listening, if you're new into entrepreneurship, I think it's really important for you to have belief in yourself. Like you have to believe it has to be an unwavering faith because sometimes we're looking for the things where it's like, why is this happening to me? Why? I'm going to tell you, there are 1 million reasons why you should not, why you could not, why you would not, why you cannot, but you get to grasp onto the one reason why you can and the one reason why it's possible and hold on to that thing rooted in why you're doing what you're doing so that when those things come up, it's like the tree that gets blown by the wind it may bend, it may curve. Oak trees, they like bend all the way over, right? Their roots go into the ground and hold on to other oak trees, which says a lot about environment. But I say that to say, don't let the things break you. Don't let the words that are that are blowing on you heavy and the, and the disappointment and the negativity and the judgment and those things that feel like they're pushing you, don't let them break you. You take it with a bend and you believe in yourself and what you're after, get rooted in your mission and know that anything and all things are possible for you. But belief is an action word. It's not just a thing that we say. Yes. Okay. So rewind that, listen to that a few times over and over. And uh, a thing that I want to dig into that you mentioned there though, is that idea that oftentimes the people closest to you in your life, who you would think would be the most supportive, it's not even that they're not supportive, but to your point, they're trying to keep you what they would say is safe, right? Mm -hmm. And so safety is oftentimes seen as taking less risk. So for you, your call to action to people was be confident in yourself and you know, latch onto the one thing. What would be your encouragement for someone to find that confidence to be able to, you know, not necessarily stand up to the people in their lives, but like be willing to say, Hey, I hear you. And I appreciate your concern for me, but I'm so confident that this is going to work. I'm still going to pursue it. Yes. So when you're first starting, like, so I'm going to go over two different topics, right. And okay. I'm going to go in as much detail as I can, because a lot of people struggle with this. A yeah. lot of and, and while, while working with thousands of people, Phil, what I've found is it's usually not the strategy. It's not the struggle of finding the resources. It's not the action steps that need to be taken. The real and true issue is worthiness. Mm. It's believing that I deserve the things that I'm asking for. It's believing that I'm worthy to have those types of friends, have that type of income, having those things. And so when I say belief, for me, it really breaks down into two, like two, like an umbrella. There's an umbrella of belief, right? Um, so I'm going to break down one side of it. And for me, it breaks into five really simple steps. Number That's one great. is a repetitious thought. Repetitious thought turns into your awareness. Awareness turns into your, um, um, oh, blah, 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 blah. 
when you're aware of it. Oh my gosh, evaluation. Thank you. I was like, evolution? No, uh, it turns into your evaluation. Anyone can be successful, y'all. Clearly, I just completely brain farted. Um, turns into your evaluation. Evaluation turns into your action and your action turns into progress. Progress turns into a newer and higher level of belief. So what does that all mean? Number one, if you have a repetitious thought, you know, you, you put the thing on your screensaver on your phone, you put the pictures up at your wall, you, you do all the things where you see it. It's like that car that you want or you just got you start to see it everywhere, everywhere, right? It's that neurological pathway that's being created inside of your brain. So what happens inside of our minds is if you can imagine if you ran through a cornfield one time, no one would ever know that you ran through a cornfield, right? If you drove down a cornfield one time, there might be a difference, but over time, the stuff would grow back. It'd be right back to normal, right? It just takes yep. a little bit of time. But if you drive consistently again and again and again, that same exact path through that cornfield, not only will you see a difference, but corn won't grow there any longer. And so what happens is when you build that neurological pathway to who it is that you're going to be and what it is that you're called to do, what starts to happen is not only is it a very clear idea of where you're going, but it makes it really hard for doubt to grow there any longer, right? So now that you know, okay, repetitious thought, it's on my mind, you created a newer and higher level of awareness. So I always like to use the analogy of a map. If you are as old as you are today and you have only ever seen a map of the United States, okay, that's it. Yeah, all you've ever seen, all they taught you in school was a map of the United States. And then you start to get around people and they're like, oh yeah, I just came back from Japan. It was amazing. And your, your radar starts to expand. And now you see the whole world map. It's like, oh my goodness, you're aware of it right now. This is the thing, your friends and your family members can have only ever seen a map of the United States. So when you say, oh, I want to go to Japan, they're gonna tell you that doesn't exist. So when you tell them, I want to go do this thing, they're gonna tell you, you're crazy. That's for them over there. You shouldn't try that. That's too hard. You should be happy with what you have. Why are you doing this? That sounds so ridiculous. And it's really and truly to keep you safe and what they can only see. Sorry. Oh, no, do not disturb and I still got a call. Um, uh, when they can only see you in a map in the United of the United States. So that's all that they can think of. So your biggest opportunity is to have that clarity, which has that awareness. And now that you know, okay, I want to go to Japan. We are both here in, in, in California, right? Mm -hmm. You can evaluate what needs to happen to get there. I know I have this many miles. I know there's some water right here. I know there's this many miles, right, of, of land. So it doesn't matter whether you walk, whether you run, whether you hitchhike, whether you get on a boat, if your tire blows out, if you get on a plane, I don't know what it's going to look like in each journey. Maybe you're the person that has a friend who has a private jet and it's a lot simpler for you to go from LA to Japan. Or maybe you're the person that has to hitchhike because they don't have a car. Or maybe you're the person that has a car and the car blows out, but you still have to be willing to get on that journey. So when, you're, when you evaluate what's necessary, you can now number four, get into action. Hmm. When you get into action and it's in alignment with that big goal, if you get to a hundred miles closer, even though you may have however many it takes to get there, you get a hundred miles closer, you, of course, you're going to believe in yourself more. Like, ooh, okay, I got a hundred miles. Maybe I could get 105. Maybe I could get 110. Stop looking at the huge 3,000 or 50, however many miles yeah. away you 
because that's overwhelming and intimidating. So now what happens is you have progress and that progress feels so good. Sorry, I'm Canadian progress. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it feels so good. So then it's like, okay, what can I do? And again, then it goes back, repetitious thought, goes back into awareness, ev uh, evaluation, action, progress. And again, now I will say that sometimes, the, and this is the other part of it is because we struggle with worthiness, let's say your big goal is I want to make $100,000 in a year. And I'll speak authentically and transparently. And I say this all the time. When I first started in entrepreneurship and people are like, you got to be the light. It's hard to be the light when your lights are off. Mm -hmm. Okay, it is, it is hard to be the, the, the I'm going to make $100,000 in my business and I struck, I, I was sued for $3,500 worth of late fees because in my apartment that I lived there for four years, I paid my rent twice on time. Okay, so I, I say that to say sometimes people want us to declare these huge things, but if you don't feel good about what you're saying, you actually repel it. So they tell you, you know, you got to affirm the things that you believe in, but it, you, you repel it if you don't feel good about what it is. So how can you possibly believe, right? Yeah. So for me, what I had to do was I had to break it down. Let's say you want to make $100,000 in your business. You've never made $20,000 a year in your business. So that feels far. Okay, great. $100,000 a year is only $8,333 a month, which is only $277 a day. How many people do you need to expose your product or service to every single day in order to get to $277? Jim Rohn says, where we lack in skill, we make up in numbers. Usually face-to-face, -face, it's one out of 10 people will get started with whatever your service or product is. On social media, it's one out of 100. So if you inboxed 100 people on social media, the, the, the random, I, and I can't stand this, the bot talk, right? Like, hey, I could do this for you. Yeah. Chips are the key, okay? That's a whole other conversation. But anyway, if you message 100 people and you only got one person that got started, that's a normal ratio, right? That's why they. That's why people. That's why there's teams and all types of things that do that stuff for you. So I bringing agree. it back, if you know that you only have to make $277 a day, instead of affirming, I am a six-figure earner, and that doesn't feel good. Start affirming who you're becoming. I am becoming the kind of person who. I am becoming the kind of person who can be consistent with exposing my product to blank amount of people a day. I am becoming the kind of person who will follow up with my people. I am becoming the kind of person who has created and curated an incredible customer experience, even if I only have two. I am becoming the kind of person who will keep promises to themselves. Right. So when you start to become that person and again, it's in alignment with who it is that you want to be in the long run. Now you've seen it. You're, you're repeating it. You're thinking about it. You're aware about it. You're in aligned action with it. You're taking those actual action steps. You're progressing inside of it and you're increasing that level of belief by affirming and reminding yourself, oh, I feel good today. I got one client. Oh, I feel good today. I got three clients. I'm getting closer to however many clients you need to make $277 a day, right? So I think yes. that in building all of that, you can't not have confidence because yeah. you feel good, you know? Yeah, well, and the last thing you said, I actually want to highlight because I think sometimes people feel like confidence has to be an outward affirmation from someone. But in my opinion, the quickest way to gain confidence is to keep promises to yourself, mm -hmm. right? 
because I feel like personally, even my confidence is the lowest when I don't do the things that I told myself I was going to do. It's like, well, gosh, how the heck is anyone else going to believe in me if I can't even believe in myself on what I told my, you know, what I told myself I was going to do. Right. Agreed. 1000%. Have have you read the book, The Four Agreements? No, writing it down. I love to read. So it's, it's going down on the list. Four agreements done. Don Miguel Ruiz. And I'm, I mean, they're everywhere. So I'm not giving it away. The book is, it's a short read. It's a quick read, but it talks exactly about that. When you make these four agreements with yourself, it's like a spiritual contract that you sign with yourself to do these four things. It it changed my life. And it's literally the four agreements are be impeccable with your word. So do what you say you're going to do. Always do your best. Uh, Don't make assumptions and don't take things personal. And Mm. the way that he breaks those four things down in the book, it's life-changing. Literally for me, it was (laughs) life-changing. I love it. Who who knew in the moment when she picked that book up, it'd be a life-changing book, but there it is. Right, right. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So she's been just spitting wisdom on us. So, but back to Sarah's story. So yes, you're leaving, you know, the acting world. And if I understand it correctly, a girlfriend of yours says, hey, you should come to this event with me. And you say, sure. As we've all had the opportunity to do in our young lives, you say, sure. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, yes, it was actually a workout. And it took her a while. I met her. I, and what happened, results sell. So let me just say that. Yeah. What happened was we were in a pageant together. And um, I saw her and orientation was six weeks later. And in those six weeks, she looked like I was like, surgery doesn't heal that fast. So what did you do? Like something, something's crazy here. Something happened. And she was like, come work out with me. And I was like, I don't want your workout. I want whatever drugs you're taking. That I'm on a way too. That was literally my mindset. And um, she was like, okay. And we became friends. And so as we were friends, um, she invited me to, she kept inviting me, kept inviting me, kept, kept inviting me. And eventually I went to this workout when there were 200 plus people fist pumping, screaming like, you can do this at 7 a.m. on the beach. And I was like, oh my God, these are my people. <laughs> this is my tribe. Where have you been my whole life? And um, I fell in love with the community. I fell in love with people who were after something. And those were the people that started to ask me, you know, Sarah, who do you want to be? And those Mm. are the people that put me on to the Jim Rohns and the Tony Robbins and the Eric Thomases and the Mel Robbins. And the I I had never heard of of personal development before. It was such a, a faraway thing for me. And so I'm grateful because who knew that I would be in a pageant, I would meet a girl, who would become my friend, who would introduce me to an opportunity where I would take on full-heartedly. I actually joined the business. I built to the top 1.6% of the company, transformed my entire life, took the tools, the lessons, the strategies, and then I started funding and doing other businesses, you know? And so um, it's just crazy to me because life is stranger than fiction. And I, I think that truly one of my good friends, he says, poor has nothing to do with money. Poor is an acronym for passing over opportunities repeatedly. And I was like, oh, golly, how many of us pass over things because it seems too good to be true, or it seems like that's for them over there. Mm. And we're all indoctrinated into a way of thinking and being, but we don't have to be that way anymore. That's you know? good. Yeah, that's good. 
So in, in the time where you're getting this new business started, where you do get to the top 1.6% of the company, if I understand it correctly, you end up living with your aunt for a little while. Oh, way before I hit the top. Okay. Before you hit the top percent. I was renting a room from my great aunt. Okay. And it was so funny. Look, we got to do what we got to do. I went from living in Hollywood, California for four years. From Hollywood, California, I ended up downtown. I actually lived with my girlfriend that put me into into the business because I couldn't afford anything and I would have been homeless. And it's so funny because she used to say to me all the time, like, Sarah, and this is while I'm starting my journey, right? Entrepreneurship for me, it did not hit off like this. Like, this never happens. Well, rarely. It can happen. Rarely. Yes. Very rarely. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, So um, she used to say to me all the time, like, Sarah, it doesn't have to be this hard right? Sarah, you don't have to go through this. Sarah, you could get a job. And so you have to make sure to get around the people who pull the soldier out of you and not the people who pacify you. So you got to get around the people that are saying, Sarah, or hey, this is hard, but what are we going to do about it? I know we're struggling, but what's the exit strategy, right? And so after a while of me couch surfing at her house, I moved to Compton, California to live with my great aunt. And at the time, you know, I moved to Los Angeles by myself when I was 20. So I feel like there are, although I talk to my mom every day on the phone, there are definitely things that I, like my mom wasn't there to say, make your bed. You know, my mom was there to say certain things. And so when I moved in with my great aunt, I didn't know anything about credit. There are so many things I just didn't know about. I didn't know anything about, I had a 508 credit score being transparent like it was crazy i did all so my my great aunt i used to never make my bed my great great aunt was like a man will never love you if you don't make your bed i was like oh aunt marge like <laughs> like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. <laughs> and she she taught me about credit and she taught me about she taught me so many things and so even though i was renting a room with a three inch thick blue shag rug and i could barely even afford to pay her and she was often helping me be accountable for being a grown human being. And that was hard for me. Um, I needed it because it was so much of the conditioning. And so one of the things that I do, and you said earlier in the call, one of the mantras that I have a way that I, I didn't know at the time is I funnel everything that I'm going through through these life mantras. It's like I have these soldered on glasses on my face and I can only see through those life mantras. And what they are is that things go wrong so that life can go right. I couldn't afford to live anywhere. So that was going wrong. Obviously my life sucked. I was struggling, all these things, blah, blah, blah. Well, I get to move in with my great aunt. That didn't feel good. I'm an adult human being and I'm renting a room for my great aunt, but things go wrong so that life can go right. So that was huge for me. And then I didn't know also that another one of my mantras was, this is all a part of my story. So even when my girlfriend would say to me, Sarah, this is really hard. I was like, Jen, this is all a part of my story. Things go wrong so that life can go right. I'm not looking for why is this happening to me any longer? I'm telling life, try me. Because whatever you throw at me is either gonna is either gonna kill me off or make me stronger. And 99. Well, 100 of the time so far, it's been made me stronger. You know, so there's there's been so much. When I lived in Hollywood, I had a car that used to squeak on every block. The gas gauge pointed downwards. I had to count kilometers because it was a Canadian car, and I ran out of gas so much because I never had money. And it's crazy because you know I, I used to curse that car, and then it crashed itself. Don't ask me any questions. That's how it happened. I was driving and it crashed itself, right? So I, 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 then I had a choice. 
because I had also started my entrepreneurship. My mentor was in Torrance, California, and I was in Hollywood, California, which is a 45 minute with no traffic, which is never a 45 minute drive each way. So when my car crashed itself, I got to say, well, maybe this is God saying, um, I'm just not supposed to do this. Maybe this is God saying, I'm just meant to struggle. I, I should just go get a real job. No, maybe this is God saying, how bad do you really want it? Yeah. And so I started taking two buses and a train each way, two and a half hours one way, three hours ride back so that I could go be around successful people because success does not come to you. You have to go to it. But even when you make the decision to choose it, things are going to come up. How bad do you truly want it? And so when things went wrong, I knew this is all a part of my story. Oh, I got a good story, you know? And, yes. And that's kind of that's kind of how how all things have happened for me because I, I shift the perception of why is this happening to me to something like, who knew this could be that moment that changes my entire life for the better, you know? I I love that. Yeah. So there's two things I want to add to that. One is it's funny, you know, they call it growing pains. It, that, that's not just when you're getting taller in life, right? That, that's like real life stuff, like, yeah, growing pains. It's a pain. And the second thing, so I thought about this one time. And if only life was like a movie and there was music in my life, right? Because when you watch a movie, you know when something good or something bad is going to happen because of the way the music goes. Like, you just know. It's like, hey, this is about to turn around for this person. Like, the music's picking up. Or you know it's about to be really bad. Yes. In life, no, I'm walking around. I don't hear any music, but sometimes you have to kind of like create your own music, right? Like, hey, it's getting bad, but like, I'm optimistic. Like this is on the upward rebound now. Yes, yes. I just saw a meme and I know it's an old one. I posted it. You know, how you get reminded of about your posts <laughs> in the past. And I think I posted like five years ago, someone had put, um, I'm only being positive from here on out. And then she slipped and fell down the stairs and then she gets up like, oh, got down those stairs fast, you know? Like, <laughs> Like having that level of optimism is awesome. Yes, that is good. That is great. So as you're living with your aunt, you, you accredited her with, you know, hey, teaching you a lot of things, right? A lot of life lessons. Yeah. Now you're building your business and at this time uh, you're engaged, but things there seemingly are really good. But this, and I don't bring this up to like be an emotional story, but like more so because you talk about how impactful that was uh, for you and just like, continue to grow as a woman, you know, and just as a business person. Yeah. Um, that person, and I'm, and sometimes it annoys people how optimistic I am. I'm like, nope, I only see the good in things. I only see the blessings, but blessings come with burdens. And that's a part of it. That's just a part of like my mindset at this point, but I'm, I'm really grateful for him because, and I think it's so important to say comparison is really and truly the thief of joy mm. because him and I, I was engaged, right? I had a $30,000, three and a half carat diamond engagement ring. And on social media, right? On Instagram, we were every hashtag. We were black love. We were power couple. We were relationship goals. We, we were every hashtag. But in reality, it was a very toxic situation. And there, there are so many things that had happened in the relationship and no one is perfect. And by no means am I paying the victim. However, <laughs> The, the turning point inside of our relationship for me was when my ex-fiance looked me dead in my face and said, you're never going to make it. The only way you'd make it is if you married someone who made it. And there are so many people listening right now who 
are willing to surrender their destinies loving the wrong people. Because the truth of the matter is you get to choose. And that could be romantic or platonic, right? Sometimes we want to honor our parents so much that we listen to them. Sometimes we want to honor our friends and our family so much that we do what they want us to do, even though our heart is yearning to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so I say all of that to say that if, if you are looking at the people on social media whose life seems magical and perfect, social media is a highlighter. It's a highlight reel of all the best things that are happening inside of your life, but don't get it twisted. Every single person is a human being and human beings go through stuff and there are ups and there are downs. And so when my ex fiance had told me that in that moment, metaphorically speaking, I jumped out of the plane without a parachute. And it's funny because we we had the, the perception was so much more important to me at that time than the reality that I was willing, like, even though I think at this time I was only making five, five, six, seven thousand dollars a month, but I was spending six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month to keep up with Joneses, right? I wanted to have a look. I wanted to have that, 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 you know, the thing, all of the things that don't really matter. You know what I mean? The Joneses are not checking for anybody, like the real (laughs) ones, only the ones, the hater ones are, but we don't care about them, right? That's right. So, um, so I, I, I found myself, I called it off in May, I believe it was 2016. And that July, I was back to that girl of being like, how am I going to pay my rent? Except now, because my expenses were so much higher, I couldn't call my mom and say, hey, can you please help me out? I couldn't call anyone. And so I actually went back to my ex-fiance and I said, hey, I'm really struggling to pay the rent. Can you help me? And he said, no, Sarah, I can't. And I said, no, no, I know that you can. Are you telling me that you won't? And he said, no, I won't. And in that moment, he did me the biggest favor that anyone ever could have done for me. Because instead of being out here looking for a hero, I had to become my own. And inside of my business, that was the most, like to date, that was the most, well, not to date, obviously, but like at that time, that was the craziest month of business I have ever had in my, in, in, up until that time in my life, right? Yep. Because I, I, I knew if we know that it's up to us, if, we, if we're willing to do the work, then we can get out of any kind of situation that we were in. And I'm grateful for him because had he not said that, like I stuck around for the betrayal and the mistrust and the, I was, I was willing to write it out. However, when our visions were not aligned, I knew you how you can't live in a in a non-aligned vision that, that it's like two people that it it, it can't for me i yep. can't possibly do that yeah. and so i'm i'm grateful for him because one he set me free without knowing that he set me free and and two i realized the power that i have to choose myself and my business and my productivity and um i needed that because sometimes we get comfortable and um i got comfortable you know yeah. together yeah. We're making $15,000, $20,000 a month at the time. That seemed like a lot of money. Like it was like, whoa, holy moly, no kids, travel, whatever. And um, I, I needed, I really needed, I really needed it. So, um, you know, never let someone's Instagram highlight real rob you of living your realest, most true, perfect, authentic life. Because I'm telling you, reality is 1000% better than perception. Mm, that's good. Now, there is something that I want to make a parallel on 
uh, that, that are two different sequences in your life, but uh, impo- equally important. And one was, you said, you know, that month that I didn't get any support on rent, I just had to, I had to figure it out, right? Like it was, it was sink or swim time, I had to figure it out. But earlier on in your story, uh, your mom encourages you as you're starting this job or as you're starting your business to get a job, right? Like, well, hey, get a job. It'll give you this safety net while you're getting your business started. Well, that probably would have been a good thing as well. But once again, it doesn't give you that same back against the wall pressure of like, I got to figure this thing out for it to go. So would you talk a little bit about that? You know, just the, the power of having your back against the wall and saying, all right, I got to find a way to just figure this out. Yeah. And I, I think the most important thing is to know what kind of person you are. Mm, yeah. Because there are some people who are like, I am a figure it out girl, no matter what comes up in my life. And you know, I've had some, I've had some crazy days. Let me tell you, <laughs> I've had some crazy losses, even to like to this day, I've had some crazy things happen, but I'm grateful. I will figure it out. However, there are other people who are paralyzed by things that happen. And so instead of turning into their own superhero, sometimes it causes them to withdraw in. Now, there is no right or wrong answer. For those people, I would say, you know, it might be better for you to have something in the background just in case all hell breaks loose. Because the worst thing that you can do as an entrepreneur is come from a place of desperation. Come from place because people feel it they Mm. smell it from a mile away and they want to run away from it right so I would say it's really important to know what kind of person you are but if you are the person that deals with pressure well great like go for it you know put yourself in the situations where one of my girlfriends one of my best girlfriends at the time I think she was probably making high six figures, right? A year. She's making high six figures a year at that time. And she used to do this thing where she was like, I won't get my hair. She does this thing with um, like, uh, what is it called? Blow blowouts. Oh yeah. 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 She's like, I can't get my blowout unless I do this a week, like volume wise or money. Oh, okay. Like, like she still puts herself in it. She's still inside of the trenches. So if you have a thing that you love doing, Maybe give yourself, I can't do this until I, boom, I, I, I'm consistent with exposing my product. I'm consistent with getting a one client a day. I'm consistent with whatever your thing is and the goals that you can set, because there's something to be said for, for creating your own accountability or even having an accountability partner. I yep. think that like have a mastermind, have a coach, have a mentor, have an account, like those things are so important for, I believe I don't, I, I don't, none of my successful friends, me included, none of us don't not have a coach. Yep. None of us. Like I, I, I look at people funny. If they're like, I don't work with anyone. I'm like, mm? yeah. no, you should do it. You should right. do it. I got questions, you know? So, um, so yeah, you know, I just, I think you can put yourself in those situations if it's not dire, like, how am I going to pay my rent? Cause even now, I mean, that's not a question. So it's a different level of pressure that I get to apply to myself, you know? Absolutely. Answer the question. For sure. We're just having a great conversation. Like you can't answer it wrong. So, uh, so speaking of coaching, we're just going to segue straight from that. So you, once again, you continue to progress in your company, you get up to top 1.6% inside the company, some things happen and it's just, it's time to separate from the company and insert what high ticket coaching, right? Yeah. So what, what spawned that idea and you know, how did that become a, a new business? 
Well, actually, before I left multi-level marketing, mm-hmm. um, and I'm so, again, like I am grateful for them. And had they not applied the pressure that they applied to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think that I would have been as successful as I was like, because, you know, there comes a point where you have residual income, you're living your best life, like all of the things. And at first they were like, we won't pay you your bonus if you don't do this. And I was like, don't pay me my bonus then I'm going to keep doing this. But while I was doing that, I was doing a lot of speaking. I've had the opportunity to speak all over the world. And people would always say to me, like, Sarah, how are you so strong? How are you so resilient? How are you so this? How are you? And I was like, I'm not. I just I have an unwavering faith. And so I literally went back and I asked myself, like, how do I get through the stuff that I go through? Because it is a long list of things that have happened that could really break people down. But I somehow managed to always get back up. And so um I, 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 I realized, and then when people would ask to work with me, it'd be like, oh yeah. So inside of my multi-level marketing, um, career started doing high ticket coaching. And I also started a mindset motivation t-shirt apparel line. And, um, it was, uh, like, you know, like purpose over pain and vision over side and disruptor. And there's not a lot of different options. It's just what I believe in and what I live by. And so, and other people it's like, yes, like you gotta have vision over sight. Um, and so Inside of it, I had already started doing high ticket one-on-one coaching, just working with people based on people coming to me from when I would speak. And then um, the company that I was with, my multi-level marketing said, if you don't stop doing this, we're going to stop paying you, period. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, bet. Well, look, a golden cage is still a cage. So yeah. you can keep and I, I was able to transfer out of the business and, and I let that go. And I went ham on my, uh, on one-on-one, my one-on-one ticket coaching. By that time, I had already had results. I had already had testimonials. I'd already had um, people who not only were um, excited about growing their business, but who themselves felt better in who they were. And that's really my heart work, helping people to get out of their way mentally and emotionally, because really and truly that's 99% of the battle. All the stuff is figure outable. The action steps, it's figure outable, but we are the ones usually getting in our own way. So helping people remove those roadblocks um, completely changed a lot of people. And so now it's like, I've, I've coached people from six to seven figures. I've coached people from zero to six figures. I've coached, I've, I've kind of done it all. And, um, and I'm grateful for that. And so then I started getting into investing, which I don't often really talk about, but I am pretty heavy into the, that's like really my bread and butter. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's been, that's been the journey and the evolution of all the things. Um, I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly seeking to evolve. I'm constantly willing to grow through the go through because I know that all things like I, like, I, I, I know I was, I, I, I chose to chose my, I choose myself, you know, yeah. and I know that it's a harder battle and I know that it's um, an uphill climb, but it's one that I'm willing and able, and we're all willing and able to do. It's just a question of, are you willing to take on the journey, you know? Absolutely. So the, you talk about now how you're starting to get into the investing realm. And you are very vocal in regards to being an advocate for a certain demographic of people to start changing the way it's always been. Yes. 
And, and I thought it was really powerful. I mean, some of the statistics you threw out, I hadn't, I was not even close to aware of, I mean, you know, um, I've maybe been aware of like just the concept, but not statistics. I mean, talk a little bit about that. I mean, and what, once again, what a powerful, uh, I guess, mission you're on there. Thank you. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really passionate about a black economy in Africa. Mm-hmm an economy or just having an economy period because where there is no economy there is no leverage and so it's easy to suppress or oppress or do anything to people when you don't have leverage and so for me the staggering statistic that you were just speaking of and that is real is that when you think about money right when you think about um the um uh the hispanic uh the, in the Hispanic group, yeah, $1 will go around in that community five to six times before it leaves. In the white and Asian group, $1 will go around in that community eight to nine times before it leaves. In the Asian in, or in the um, uh, Arab group, t- 12 to 13 times before it leaves that group. And in the Jewish community, 18 plus times before it leaves that group, right? It circulates inside of those those communities before it leaves that group. In the black community, it is not even one time. Wow. And so for me, it's mind blowing to me being an African-American or a black woman or however you wanna say it, being a a woman at that, being a person that understands, number one, I I do know that there is a lot of systemic oppression. There is, uh, there is, there is, supremacy there is there's so many different things that are really built in to keep keep people where they are you yep. know and and there is classism and there is there there are so many different areas where it hurts my soul because the worst part about it is so much of it is taught mm-hmm. and i i just posted a, a a video not too long ago of robert kiyosaki and he, the rich dad poor dad author yeah and, um, he was talking about how like being poor is taught by their families. Being being middle class is taught by your family. Being wealthy is taught by your family because it's a it's a way of being. It's not what you have, right? I I I man, it is so not what you have. Real wealth, in my opinion. For me, wealth is when you're physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially in a place where you feel joy. Like yep. you're happy about where you're going, but like you're genuinely happy about yes. where you're Right. And so that to me is real wealth. And I feel like we live in a world in an in a society where definitely in the poor and the middle class areas where people feel like I have to have either or when the truth is it's both and, yeah. you know, what I mean? like yeah. I have to. And it's so funny because I hear conversations with people and it's not just a financial thing. It could be, um, you know, do you want to um, go to dinner or do you want to whatever the or is, right? I want to go to dinner and I also want to blank. You know what I mean? I want to learn this skill. I want to learn this. I want to earn that. And so even though I had the experience that I had with multi-level marketing, wasn't the most incredible experience. What I will say is I'm grateful for companies like that, that give an opportunity to people that need to understand, number one, you don't need a lot of capital to start. Uh, Number two, it's a plug and play. You just plug people into whatever the system is that's there and you're consistent in all those things. You use the products, whatever they may be. Um, but I, I'm grateful for that because there are so many people that the roadblocks are, I don't have the capital, mm-hmm. you know, even having conversations, like I'm, 
I just did an investment with one of my friends who it was like, yo, you got to put up a hundred grand. He was like, bet, like, cool, let's do it. And it's in the next day, it was done. You know, most people don't have the opportunity where they can, they have even access to that. Right. They don't. And it's not even the, the job opportunities. A lot of it too, is the conversation mm -hmm. is a mindset. All of the, all of these things are a mindset. We're indoctrinated into so many different things. We're indoctrinated into judgment. We're indoctrinated into hate. We're indo we don't know those things naturally. The only real thing, and, and this is like, I know I'm going on a complete random tangent. However, I think it's important for people to know that a lot of the, a lot of the truths that we think exist are nothing more than perceptions are nothing more than vantage points are nothing more than someone else's opinion. Right. That's been taught again and again and again and again. And there's a story that Zig Ziglar tells. And um, uh, there's a there's a, a, a there's a daughter, um, and her husband brings in a ham, right? A beautiful ham. And the uh, the daughter of the the wife of the husband goes and she cuts off each side of the ham. She puts it in the pan. And the husband's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I just bought this big beautiful ham. Why are you just cutting it up like that? And she was like, I don't know. That's how you make the ham. You do this. You do that. And my mom always did it, so I do it like that. So he's like, well, call your mom and ask her, why would you waste all this ham? Like, this is good, right? Yeah. So she, he calls, he calls the mother-in-law and he says, hey, mom, you know, I'm, I just brought this beautiful ham home for, for your daughter to cook. She was going to make dinner and she cut off each sides of the, of the ham. She's wasting so much of this good ham. And he said, why did you do that? Like, what was the point of that? And she said, well, I don't know. My mom used to do that. Let me call yeah. my mom. So then she calls her mom and she says, mom, um, you know, their daughter, whoever uh, is, was cooking the ham. And you know, I, she cut each side off, off of the ham and her husband said that she was crazy. And then she asked me, why did I do it? And I was like, well, I don't know. You always um, did it. Why, why did you cut each side off of the ham? And the grandmother says, oh, it wouldn't fit in the pan. You yep. know? And that's how information goes. And it's like people, people adjust to these things that they feel have to be a certain way when the truth of the matter is that's just one way to do it. Yep. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I feel as though in creating a black economy, I think awareness is key. I think that, um, I, I, I think that opportunities are key. I think that mindset change is mandatory. And I think that opportunities to really come together and work together because it really does take all of us. It really does take each of us. It really takes, um, every person to be aware of what is happening, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, something you and I will have to collaborate because what you talked about earlier and what you're talking about now with what you learned from your aunt and then, you know, what you're uh, doing now it is like my life's passion. I go to a lot of schools and universities to educate people on that because, yeah, there's very few college courses that actually teach you that. And I never learned in grade school. I never learned in high school. Didn't really even learn it in college, but now it's a passion of mine. So we'll, we'll collab on that. Okay. I love that. I love that. I think that's so important. And you know, I might get crucified for saying this, but I feel like school <laughs> does not teach you life skills. Yep. School teaches you things that like you're, we, we never, I don't even remember what I learned in school other than reading and writing. Yep. What did I learn? I don't know. You know, and yeah. I, maybe so that we can figure out who we are and what we like, I guess. But I, I, I am, if my kids one day say, mom, 
I don't want to go to college, I'm going to say, great. If they say, I don't want to go to school, I'm going to say, well, we'll probably have tutors or, you know, whatever, like, yeah, I'm not sure. But it's just going to be so different. It was mm-hmm. Elon Musk. I don't know if you heard the video. Um, uh, obviously, I, I listened to a lot of the greats and Elon Musk was talking about his sons and how he teaches six kids and they were building an engine and he, they were literally building an engine together and the kids were like, oh, okay, so this is what you need a screwdriver for. So they learn the Phillips screwdriver yeah. goes in a screw and they screw it in and this is what it looks like and this is what a hammer is. And so they're learning by application. Whereas in school, it's like, you'll see a picture. This is a screwdriver. This is a hammer. This is a screw. And so it's like memorization versus application yeah. is a completely different level of learning and a different level of experience, which creates a better result. And so a lot of the things that are taught in school, I ugh, it hurts my soul because it's mostly based on memorization and not, not comprehension, you know? Yep. Another random side effect. I'm sorry. I, I <laughs> love it. Phil. We're Look, just going everywhere. This is great. That's what we do. We just see it. We let it go and just follow the road. We'll see where it goes. No. Well, this has been great. So the pointed question that I want to close this out with, and this was an idea that I had heard probably about four years ago, and it's been something that just keeps me curious all the time. And it's this. So the idea is it's called blissful dissatisfaction. Mm. Okay. So the idea behind it is for a lot of people, when they reach their first goal, they plateau right? They say, Hey, I hit this goal. I'm good. I just want to keep, you know, keep here and I'll be happy. Then there's a complete opposite end of the spectrum, which I think you and I now fall into. And that is every time I hit a goal, I'm already in like pursuit of the next one. So I've never actually looked back and taken the time to be like, Holy cow. Like I accomplished all these cool things. And so you almost feel like lack of happiness or joy because you're like constantly in pursuit of the next thing. So for you and in your life, Sarah, how do you balance that, right? Like acknowledging, hey, I have these goals and I hit them and that's great. I'm not going to just stay here though. And additionally, as I hit the next one, I'm still able to look back and be proud of the accomplishments I have. Yes. Um, One of the things that I do is I set small marks, like smaller. And when I get to those points, I celebrate in that moment. So whether it's, uh, and it it literally, it could be five minutes. One of the things that I say all the time is take five minutes. If it's good, take five minutes. If it's bad, take five minutes, take five minutes and get back to it. Right. So I'll call my mom and I'll be like, mom, oh my God, I can't believe Or I'll call my sister and we do this thing where we like do the jig on the phone. We'll be like dancing together. (laughs) um, We we make up songs all the time. Like, oh yeah, you did it. Like just whatever it may be. Just little things to not forget because I do feel as though sometimes when we glaze or gloss over um, the things that we have done, it can feel empty. And I think that it's important for it not because when things feel empty, resentment can start to build. Mm -hmm. And the thing that you once loved can turn into the thing that you really can't stand, but you can't get rid of. And there's nothing worse than having that feeling. And so I definitely had to learn that because, you know, I, like we were saying before we even started recording, when you're go, 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 going all the time, when you stop, it's like, whoa, (laughs) what is wrong? You know what I mean? Something is wrong, but nothing is wrong. It's just a, it's just a different phase or a different experience Mm. in that moment. And so for me, one of the ways that I make sure to feel my bliss is I am, I, I take the moment to celebrate my landmarks and then my my dissatisfaction. I wouldn't even say I'm, I'm dissatisfied. Like 
I know where I want to go. I have yeah. huge goals, ridiculously huge goals, but I'm not dissatisfed that I haven't reached them yet, you yeah, know, because I yeah. know where they're coming. And even, even so one of the things, I, I believe with all my heart, I believe I'm going to be a billionaire. I 1000% believe that. I want to give away millions of dollars a month. I want to create schools. I want to have um, a housing for, for single moms and, and struggling entrepreneurs and, and um, battered women. Like there are so many, I want to give cards away. So because of what I want to do, I know that I have to be at a certain level. Now, that being said, if I miss a billion and I land on 500 million, I can still do a lot with that for the people. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. I'm not dissatisfied if I don't get there, but along the way, I'm celebrating every milestone that I've set for myself. I love it. I love it. That's great. Perfect. Well, Sarah, your story was fascinating. Your insight might have even trumped the, the fascinating story just with all the good nuggets. So everybody rewind it, listen to it twice, whatever you got to do. Uh, but thank you again, Sarah, so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Phil. I'm grateful and honored for the opportunity. Sarah has such a fascinating story from only being able to pay rent twice on time and getting a late fine to growing her business to the top 1.6% to now investing in multiple businesses. Uh, what, what a phenomenal string of events and congratulations to Sarah on all of her success and continued success.